0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America. It's Tony Katz today. It's a resignation. No, 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 not in the Biden administration. It's a regist- it's the resignation of the head of the Maui Emergency Management Agency. You have over a hundred people dead you will have more dead. And while the reports came out that they didn't activate the siren system because the siren system is utilized for tsunamis, it would drive people to higher ground, that's where the fires were, they didn't want to drive people in that direction. The sirens are for all hazards, including wildfires. And he decided not to activate the emergency sirens saying the sounds would have pushed people to the fires, but the sounds are for everything. This is somebody, as we have learned, his name, Herman Andaya. No experience in emergency management. No history in emergency management. Only a history in public policy. Beat out 40, 40 applicants for the job. As I have the numbers, the death toll is at 111. And there is still 70% of the damage, the disaster, the horror show to look into. The question is, who goes to jail? And if you say to me, well, Herman and Dia goes to jail, I'll say to you, okay, that's one. Who hired Herman and Dia? Let us be the people who honestly discuss what is needed for the job. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. That's how you get to be a part of the show. I don't mind if you do. Feel free. uh, Call in. The Dow actually up a little bit today. NASDAQ a little bit down. We will get into that because they had some major losses. And all the eyes once again point to China. We will break that down. We live in a society that says you don't hire based on skill set, you hire based on having the right groups of people. We see this all the time. There's actually terminology for this. California, if you're going to have a board of directors here, it's got to have somebody who's this and somebody who's that and somebody who's this and two of those and six of those. It's, it's like Rodney Dangerfield in Caddyshack. Give me two of those, give me six of those, give me a couple of those naked lady golf tees. Oh, look at that. Who buys a hat like that? Buy a hat like that. You get a free bowl of soup. Huh. Looks good on you, though. I. You want to do the whole movie? I'll do the whole movie. I don't mind. I'm down. I'm good. I'm with. It's in the hole. I can do all of it, people. It's caddy shot. Challenge accepted. No, 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 no. All, uh, not even a cue card. I can make that happen. In certain circles... There are black people who have been asked to be on a board of directors here and board of directors there. And the question they get asked is, I have been told it to my nose, nose to nose. Look, do you, uh, do you actually need someone who, who's working on the board? Is this a working position? Or do you just need black up? I'm sorry. Did you just say black up? Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes, they did. Black up. You need backup of a black person on your board. Black up. I have met in my life plenty of qualified, successful, smart, I have learned from black people. I have also met some people who are not qualified, not smart, and I've learned nothing from them. I can replace black with white. I can replace black with Jewish. I can replace black with gay. I can replace black with women. I can replace it with anything, and the same thing is true because there are two sides to the bell curve. And my argument against DEI at all times, diversity, equity, and inclusion, is that when you hire to a characteristic and not to a need, it is impossible to get what you want. And if you are hiring to a need based on a characteristic, you're not really serious about the need. We call that a crap ass business owner. That's who that is. A total failure. Or somebody who is destined for total failure because you didn't hire what was necessary because of other issues, possibly at play. I don't argue that there isn't bigotry out there. I don't argue this at all. I argue that in a market-based economy and in a market-based society, the bigotry is limited. And the reason it is limited because the vast majorities of people don't care about characteristic ABC or XYZ. What they care about is the skill set you bring to allow them to achieve their goals. It's why I, when I see somebody putting um, pronouns on their LinkedIn page or on a... On a uh, a CV a, on a resume uh, that's not somebody I'm interested in hiring cuz I didn't care I don't care about your pronouns I'm not allowed to ask this personal question that personal question the other personal question I don't get to ask how old you are I don't get to ask ladies if you're going to become pregnant I don't get to ask any of that stuff that stuff will get you destroyed but you feel it okay with me to to share your pronouns with me When you share a pronoun with me, what you're saying is your skill set is not important to share. It's this virtue signaling that's important. And I don't hire for virtue signaling. I hire for skill sets that allow me to achieve my goals. And then you're achieving your goals. And together we're achieving goals. Now eventually you're going to leave and go achieve other goals. Good. You should want to go achieve your goals. How do I help you get there? But when you tell me what your pronouns are, you're telling me that what is important is not your skills. It is this other thing, and that other thing doesn't mean a damn to me. Your pronouns are meaningless. I have been told I am not allowed to get involved in your life, and yet the first thing you want to show me in a job application situation is, boom, everything about your personal life. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not going to be a part of that. And I don't want to be a part of being hired because I'm Jewish. Now, it's possible that if you're talking about, for example, the Jewish Federation, chances are the executive director somewhere has had kugel. I'm saying that that is probable. If you are hiring a priest, look, I don't want to go out on a limb here. I don't want to go out. I'm willing to bet if you're hiring a priest, the last name of that priest will not be Schwartz. This is the bet I am putting down. Mark it. Tell me what the Vegas line is. I'd like to, I'd like to go double or nothing. Also, not the last name of your priest, Bernstein. I'm just saying those are the odds. When I'm hiring an engineer, I need the person who can do the math. When I'm hiring somebody who's in charge of emergency management, I need them to know how to manage an emergency. And that's not what happened on Maui. That's not what happened on Maui in the town of Lahaina. Nothing was managed. Someone got hired, and the question is why? Now, I could talk about this being diversity hire from now until the end of time, but I wouldn't be accurate because I don't have the data. This should be question number one. How did they get the job? They beat out 40 other people. Can we see the resumes of 40 other people? Because when I brought this up the other day, I said it's possible. It's diversity hire. You know what is equally possible? Brother-in-law. Oh, we think diversity hires are the only reasons people get jobs? What, nepotism all of a sudden fell out of favor? Have we really, have we forgotten about Hunter Biden? Hunter Biden only ever made a living on anything because his dad is Joe. You think someone hired that guy for his skill set? They hired him for his brain? Oh, come now. You're a phony. Hey, this guy's a great big phony. Nepotism is the number one hiring tool. Nepotism. Yeah, the person you know. The hiring of the brother-in-law. You guys may not know this. Not everybody is, you know, I, I, I'm in Indianapolis. Not everybody who gets the show, listens to the show, all the places, the place, is in Indianapolis. But in Indiana, we have a Secretary of State, Diego Morales. And Diego Morales hired him his brother-in-law to be uh, on on his staff. Hired his brother-in-law. I excoriated this dude day in and day out for months. I'm actually somewhere... I can't even find it. I can't even find it. I have uh, a, 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 like an audio clip that I had made. Uh, w- we had made up. Jason, you might be able to find it in the AM show folder. Diego Morales, brother-in-law. It was like a whole sounder we did about this. You know, like, like a bit. Because why are we okay with someone hiring their brother-in-law? Now, you can argue, well, the brother-in-law actually knows what they're doing. To anybody who is of the rational mind, does it look like anything other than nepotism? No. It doesn't look like anything else because there's only one thing it could possibly be. In the eyes of nearly everyone, It screams of nepotism. I've been having that conversation for months in the state of Indiana. It has been the conversation since the beginning regarding Hunter Biden. And did you hear that Hunter Biden lived for two weeks at the White House? He lived in the White House for two weeks... Regard, you know, right around the plea deal time, the staff didn't know he was in the White House, and it was also the time where cocaine was found in the White House. But the the Secret Service, they don't know who the co- co- who the cocaine belonged to. They they can't believe it. They are gonna sit there and tell you that Hunter lived in the White House for two weeks, and they don't know whose cocaine it is. <laughs> <laughs> Man, do they hate you? Who in the world is this guy? Who is Henry? I'm sorry, Herman Andaya. How did he get the gig? Who hired him and why? And who gets fired and who goes to jail? Not resigned. Resigning isn't enough. If the governor had been any kind of man, the governor, Josh Green, would have fired him. The governor should be declaring that he should be charged with murder. We Americans, we should be asking how this hire came to be. And what system and methodology was used? So we ensure it never gets used again. We're just going to let hundreds of people, because how is it not going to be hundreds of people? We're going to let hundreds of people die in a fire. I'm sorry, I don't know if you can think of a more horrible way to die. I got to assume that that's amongst the top two. Just gonna let them die and be like, yep, yeah, mistakes were made. Oh. What kind of society is this where no one goes to jail? What kind of society is this where no one is held to account? I've got stories about how the 9 11 uh, terrorists make it off without the death penalty. I'm not even a death penalty guy. I used to be, now I'm not. But 9 11 terrorists, no death penalty because deals are gonna get made? Deals are gonna get made? Trump makes three phone calls the Democrats don't like. It's four indictments and a RICO statute. These people murder thousands. No death penalty. Herman Andaya could be responsible for hundreds of deaths because of inaction, which was put into place when he was hired because of some reason we should know about. Who gets fired? Who goes to jail? No one? Turns out that Rich Men from Richmond could be played about a lot of places. I'm Tony Katz. Francis Suarez is the mayor of Miami. By the way, being the mayor of Miami, as was pointed out to me, there's like 100 mayors of Miami. There are so many small little towns within uh, the, the, the areas. Being the mayor of Miami is a one heck of a, of, of a statement. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Uh, but he is the mayor of Miami, and he's running for president, and he is polling at 0.3%. In the last four polls, Fox News poll that ended August 14th, zero. Trafalgar poll that ended August 16th, zero. The Quinnipiac poll that ended August 14th, zero. The Economist YouGov poll that ended August 15th, zero. In those four national polls, zero. And in the last nine national polls, he has only registered 1% twice. Five times he has registered zero, and two, he doesn't even appear in the poll. He has made the debate stage for the Republican debates coming next week. How? Why? Why is this guy on a debate stage? I said then that Rona McDaniel should not be in charge of the GOP. Rona McDaniel should never have been in charge of the GOP. Rona McDaniel can't do the job. This is proof. Who lets this guy on a debate stage? Well, Tony, he meets the threshold. He meets the threshold how? In polling? He has 40,000 individual donors? Francis Suarez? Nah. And even if you said, yeah, he doesn't meet threshold. Let's take a look at Iowa. The last three polls. New York Times-Siena poll ending August 1st. He doesn't register. The AG National Research poll ending July 24th. He doesn't register. The Fox Business poll ending July 19th. 1%. 1%. New Hampshire? Sure, I'll I'll give you New Hampshire. In New Hampshire, if we take a look at the past four polls, Suarez isn't even listed. Perry Johnson gets 2%. Who's Perry Johnson exactly? Will Heard, the former congressman from Texas, former CIA operative You know who's voting for Will Hurd? No one. Anybody in his family with the last name of Hurd. That's who's voting for him. He's nowhere to be found. He makes the debate stage? Clown show. Ridiculous. And when you see people upset... Damn right. This is nuts. What does Suarez do? What's his claim to fame? Being a critic of Ron DeSantis. Oh, is that why he's on there? Trump supports you for being head of the RNC. You let Francis Suarez in so he'll go out and attack uh, uh, Ron DeSantis. This is what we're doing? My God, what next? Feeding the questions to Hillary and then putting uh, Bernie Sanders in the trunk? Bernie Sanders is a commie pinko loser and what the Democratic Party did to him is wrong. It will always be wrong. This is this is twisted not gonna say it. I'm going to uh, try and find some peace. Maybe a little transcendental meditation. And, of course, understand why the market is going crazy. And it all has to do with the serious issues in China. That's the story. That's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. <laughs> the Dow is up 34 the nasdaq is down 48 but there have been day after day of some major league slides in the dow and you wonder what's going on you've seen treasuries being well above five percent the three-month the six-month treasuries and of course it's inverted because you get into the multi-year things they're in the four percents that's indicator of bad times ahead but the bad times are already here, even if you don't feel it yet. Although based on every conversation, everybody feels it in the price we pay for gas, which was at last look three eighty five a gallon on the national average, ten month high. What we're paying for eggs, what we're paying for milk, never mind what we're paying for housing. And as to the question of why Once again, you gotta look at China. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Tony Katz today, Dr. Matt Will joins us, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Uh, I I, I caught him out and about, and I appreciate him taking the time uh, to, to be with us. I asked you a very specific question. For a market that usually has certain things baked in, there's been a couple of big days of losses, What is the driver on this? And your answer is a Wall Street Journal piece that reads, Investors fear China's Lehman moment is looming. You mean Lehman Brothers. Talk to me.
1: Lehman Brothers, Tony, of 2008, when the mortgage crisis hit the United States and threw the world into a recession, that is exactly what is happening to China. Now, people that listen to my speeches over the years know that I started bragging about this and i mean bragging about how this has been something that's on the horizon and it's going to hit eight years ago tony eight years ago i did research that is now coming true with evergrand filing for bankruptcy today and if people don't know evergrand is one of the largest real estate developers in all of china eight years ago tony 1.4 billion population had enough vacant housing units to house 210 million people. Tony, 210 million out of 1.4 billion eight years ago. That's a bubble that's getting huge, and it's going to burst.
0: Now, this uh, story about Evergrande came up a couple of years ago because that's when they first started talking bankruptcy, and we brought it up here on the show. And if you take a look at the numbers over the last two years— Evergrande, which has a lot of commercial, uh, I should say, residential and commercial real estate holdings, uh, they posted a combined loss over the last two years of 81 billion dollars. But what you are discussing with all of those apartments is something that's been referred to as ghost cities. This is the Communist Chinese Party saying, look at all the development we're doing. Basically, they're engaged in jobs programs, building these apartments, these offices, etc., that nobody uses, sir.
1: Tony, I've got photographs in front of me right now from the research that I've done where I was in China looking at these ghost cities, driving by with a private guide, taking pictures I wasn't supposed to take, Tony. There's block after block, city after city of empty, brand-new apartment buildings. Tony, someone borrowed money to put these up. Evergrande. Evergrande borrowed money, and other companies did. They have no tenants. They can't pay it back, Tony. So that means that the Chinese banking system has a false balance sheet. I know this will shock you that Chinese entities lie about their financials and other information.
0: Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Of course, uh, the Communist Chinese Party lies. But let's get a little bit into why they would make this decision. They knew that they were engaging in a jobs program. They knew that there were no people to move into these places But they did it anyway. They must have done it, allowing Evergrande to do it, which is, of course, uh, part and parcel of the Communist Party, because they expected somehow something to work out that didn't. What was the thing that they expected to work out? Or am I giving them too much credit? They just did it, crossed their fingers, and hoped for the best.
1: Well, Tony, it's both. One, they're not that bright, and they did. They did it hoping to cross their fingers and it would work. That was the first thing. The second thing is, in my research, I discovered there's this tremendous pressure from the Communist Party for people to move out of the rural areas in the interior of the country into the coastal cities, off the farms, off the raw land, into the cities, and they didn't move, Tony. They built these, it's kind of like gambling on homes. They gambled on 210 million empty units, and nobody showed up to live in them.
0: But that argument is only, doesn't solve anything. And, and allow me to push back. No one builds these apartments and assumes that amazingly somehow people are going to show up. It's not a country that has some warm, welcoming type of immigration policy. They had to have known that the people weren't going to show up. So the idea that Evergrande collapses or that there might be some other issues had to have been understood. They had to have known this was a zero-sum game, and you're saying no.
1: No, Tony. I will say no. They aren't that bright. I am telling you, they didn't realize what was happening. I mean, I can give you other examples of people that I know in Shanghai trade derivatives on the Shanghai Index, and they're not allowed to short sell. They're not going to short sell. When the market's dropping, Tony, they're banned from doing it, and the Chinese government instead gives them loans saying buy. Oh, the market's dropping. Here's a loan. Buy. Tony, that's a formula for disaster. I loan you money to buy stock when the market's dropping? That's that's just as bad as speculating on empty housing and empty uh, apartment complexes.
0: But perfectly uh, in line with the Communist uh, Party uh, of China. Let's go back to this Wall Street Journal piece. Rebecca Fang uh, reporting. Investors fear China's Lehman moment is looming. Take us back. What happened to Lehman Brothers? How did that collapse come about? Where were they over leveraged? What went wrong? And is this solely about this company, this group Evergrande? Or is this about a much greater conversation regarding the Chinese economy in Toto?
1: Well, first of all, Evergrande is just the tip of the iceberg, Tony. Just the tip of the iceberg because they have a lot of investors in the United States. So we are on the hook here if they go belly up, which they're going belly up, so we're on the hook. The only similarity is real estate, Tony. The only similarity is real estate. We ran into a problem because our government, well, I guess it isn't similar. Our government got involved. They forced Freddie and Fannie to buy delinquent mortgages. So the contagion happened when our federal government said solid investors must buy bad loans. They made it a requirement. That's where we went wrong. They went wrong, Tony, in a completely different way. They put money into empty buildings, knowing they would be empty, knowing that it wouldn't be rented as a jobs project that never came to fruition.
0: But when we take a look at, the Lehman moment. First, you, you, you talk about Evergrande, and they did uh, come uh, and apply for bankruptcy protections in, in Manhattan courts uh, as, as of today. American investors didn't know that investing in Chinese companies wasn't going to lead to a bad result. And is someone now going to tell me that these American investors need to get bailed out because of what happened in China? Thank you, Tony.
1: Thank you for saying that. Thank you a million times. They shouldn't be bailed out because I can't tell you how many times I've sat around meetings with sophisticated investors with big money on the table, and I am yelling, don't invest in China. And they said, we'll get out before the bubble bursts. We'll put it in. We'll ride it to the top, and we'll get out before it bursts. Tony, sophisticated investors know what they're doing, and they're going to go to the U.S. government for a bailout, and we've just got to say no. Embody Nancy Reagan. Just say no.
0: Well, if we're gonna invoke Nancy Reagan, uh, I mean, that's a that's a whole thing right there. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, China's economy and the global economy, and therefore the recession uh, fears, because if a Lehman moment is coming in China then the global recession gets added onto it doesn't get subtracted from we know europe is in recession we have seen china things going so badly they no longer report for example youth unemployment numbers they don't report those numbers uh, anymore and there was never any trusting of their gdp they've always been people who manipulate the yuan and in in terms of uh, pegging it against uh, the the dollar what do we think the collapse moment is What does a collapse look like? And what does China have in the arsenal to bolster against it?
1: Oh, Tony, there's so much there. Um, Where do I start? Okay, here's where the thing we got to focus on. U.S. investors have shamelessly put money into Chinese companies and Chinese securities, hoping that it would go up, Tony. That was wrong. The next thing is the international indices, there's a complicated story here, but they added Chinese stocks to various indices, which means you and I, by virtue of owning an index fund, we own China, even if we don't want to. Tony, there's a ripple effect, all based on the Communist Party of China causing problems, and U.S. investors, Tony, they're addicts, we've talked about it before, and this was another addiction, let's get quick rich on China. Mistake, mistake, mistake.
0: Now the follow-up. China doesn't report its youth unemployment numbers because they're ridiculously high. China, even when they're reporting their GDP and saying uh, 3 and 4%, nobody believes them. It's that bad and getting worse. The global recession, like we have recession in in europe means that people aren't buying as much they have an aging population so they don't have enough people for the manufacturing to supply the product that might already be wanted never mind it being down and that aging population means that there is no new population to replace and they've got a population problem that is coming over the next hundred years what is china's backstop because I can't imagine Xi Jinping, the dictator of China, is simply going to say well, this sucks and just let it all go to pot
1: Tony, I'm going to go back to my original statement they're not that smart and let me ask you, let me ask you the question about a backstop what would you do if you're a dictator in a country with a failing
0: economy and the population is getting unner- unruly I what kill 20 million people. I kill 20 million people in the center of the country and bury them in a mass grave, and then build another one of these ghost cities on top of it so nobody sees them. I've thought about that before, sir. I know how to answer that question. That's what's going to happen. Or would you attack? Or would you attack Taiwan as a distraction? Um, I don't know why one precludes the other. Because I thought you were asking the conversation of how you feed your people. Uh, what, it, what you do when the people get restless. Yes, you engage in an attack in Taiwan uh, as a way of subterfuge. Yes, you work with, the, with Russia in trying to annoy the United States. Of course you do. But that doesn't solve your problem. It, det- it, it might distract from it. It doesn't solve the problem. Even if you were to have them take control of Taiwan you would then have a belief that they would be able to properly maneuver the, the, the semiconductor business in a way to radical profitability to then uh, limit the other losses. You just said they're not that smart. They're not, Tony. They're not. And, and I, I, I'm sorry to say this, but
1: stop thinking rationally. These are dictators This is a dictator, Tony. They don't care if people die. They don't care if they destroy an economy. These people who are dictators go back in history. Look at the Khmer Rouge. Look at Mao Zedong. Look, these people don't care.
0: You are right about that. I mean, I mean, I, I, I get where I'm coming from. I hope you get where I'm coming from and other people do. And, then, you know, how this gets thought out. If you can't feed the people, you kill the people. If you need a distraction, you go about an invasion. But the invasion doesn't solve anything, and that's not even uh, the point. You can't give up the ideology if the ideology is the totality of your existence. Uh, that, that point yeah. is, is indeed uh, well taken. Uh, American investors, um, we talk about not being smart. When the next cool thing out of China happens, are they going to buy into it? Of course they will, Tony.
1: Of course they will. They're chasing the dollar. Oh, it's it's a shiny object. What about fundamentals? What about profits? What about basic uh, economics? They don't care. These are addicts on Wall Street. They're not long-term investors. I've said that a million times, and I still believe it.
0: Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, D-R-M-A-T-T-W-I-L-L, Dr. Matt Will, on the Xbox. Can I say the Xbox? It's Twitter. It's now X on the X app. Oh, it's just so annoying. (laughs) Doctor, I appreciate you. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Every now and then, you'll see a headline in one of the cable uh, outlets, one of the news outlets online. Uh, Democrats in blue states fear disaster. What, what do you... Uh, okay, but about what? Oh, the migrant crisis. No, it's an illegal immigrant crisis. It's not a migrant crisis. The crisis is happening at the southern border, but when the city of New York has to deal with it... um. Now all of a sudden, it's a ticking time bomb. Wasn't a ticking time bomb uh, in Texas? In New Mexico? In Arizona? In California? Certainly Texas deals with more of the brunt because of location. It's a ticking time bomb now? It could be a disaster for the Democratic Party in the next election? The disaster came years ago... When you screamed, "We're a sanctuary city!" Woohoo! When the mayor of Philadelphia, oh, what is that loser's name? Kenny? He something Kenny? And he walked out of a of 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 a meeting and said, "We're a sanctuary city," and he was doing a little dance. Jim Kenny. Jim Kenny is his name. That yutz! He was so excited. I, I Stop sending uh, illegal immigrants to New York. Send them to Philadelphia. Send them to Philadelphia. Here you go. It's closer than New York. It's less of a bus ride. Have a nice day. You figure it out, Jim Kenny. The story here is that immigration gets no eyes, and you now have Democrats begging Biden to do something about it only because it's affecting them. It's no longer a wedge issue. It's a life or death issue, which is what the people of Texas have been telling you for years, but you didn't care if they lived or died. It's a ticking time bomb. Good. Maybe you'll get off your butt and do something about it. And there's a great back and forth going on between the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, and the governor, uh, uh, Kathy Hochul. You're not doing enough. Well, we did this and you didn't do that. Oh. Ah, oh, just grab your popcorn. It's so delicious. The infighting. Bad policies bring bad results. I'm Tony Katz.